Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hello, friends. I'm excited to be here today. I always say I'm excited, but it's true. I'm always excited to get to interview people I love and to also share things about my personal life with you and to hear from you. The last episode, I talked about my miscarriage and my journey, and it's been amazing to hear from all of you and how it's impacted you. So as promised today, I'm going to share my birth story. Now, why do we share birth stories? I remember when I was pregnant, I would listen to a podcast. It was all birth stories. I think one of the reasons that we're so attracted to these stories is because giving birth is probably the most intense spiritual and physical experience that I have ever had. And so maybe you're listening to this and you're pregnant and you want to know what to expect. Maybe you have had children and you remember that time, or maybe it's so long ago and you're just here because you're curious. Um, Let me tell you my intention with this show, with this episode. I'm sharing um, my experience with, with birth, but with everything I teach and everything I share, I feel like when there are certain experiences in our lives that are really profound, and although you might not have that same experience, there's lessons in that experience that we can take and apply to different areas of our life. So hope I'm hoping that you find some gems of wisdom in here to help um, to help you with your life, which is what I'm here to do. When it comes to pregnancy and labor. I'm a first time mom. I had no idea what I was doing. And so I approached it the same way I approach anything, which is I ask a lot of questions. I love interviewing people, as you know, and I took that same curiosity and I began to ask questions to everyone I knew who ever had a child. If you had a baby, didn't matter if it was last month or 20 years ago, I wanted to know your experience and what you recommend. And with that, I got a lot of different pieces of advice. And there's a few things that really stood out to me that made such a big difference. The biggest thing for me in pregnancy was that I had read, and I also had someone mention this to me, to train for labor the same way that you train for a marathon. And I would go further and say, you should train for early motherhood the same way that you trained for a marathon, because it is an incredibly physical experience. When a lot of us think about being pregnant, we think of eating for two and, you know, we see those movies where people have cravings and they're running to get pickles and ice cream at two o'clock in the morning and they're just eating everything. I'm sure there's people that that was their experience. For me, I just kept thinking about how I'm nourishing this baby inside of me. And so I actually ate better pregnant than I think I've ever eaten in my life. And a big part of it was I wanted to help my baby grow, but also knowing that labor is so physical that the more I could cut out things like sugar or anything that causes inflammation, the better off I'd be. Because pregnancy is basically just you being this round ball of inflammation. So being able to cut out sugar and sticking with my gluten-free diet was really helpful. I wasn't perfect. I didn't I didn't feel like I deprived myself. I had fruit and I ate a lot and I had sugar once in a while, but I had such 
an intense labor. And when I look back, I truly believe that the way I took care of myself in pregnancy made such a big difference. And I don't think I could have survived my labor and early motherhood if I hadn't put in that work. So it's really nice to put in that work and look back and go, yeah, it was worth it. And my mindset around the whole thing, because I have to be careful. I have a background of dieting and restriction and I wrote a book about weight loss and body confidence. So I am very careful with myself to not slip back into those old patterns. So being pregnant and gaining so much weight was really interesting. And it was actually so beautiful because to be honest, it, I was really scared that I would worry about my weight and that I would um, just have a complex about it. And it was amazing to see that I didn't, that I had the same softness and all the work I've done with tapping really has paid off. And so as I was approaching, you know, living this healthy lifestyle, it wasn't to not be anything. It's not like I didn't want to be fat or didn't want to be something. It was that I was doing it for my child and for me. And it actually felt really exciting and empowering. Again, I wasn't perfect. I just wasn't like, you know, eating everything, the whole eating for two thing. And I do think that really helped me a lot. So when it came to um, getting ready for labor, a few things that I did that really helped. One was I started to listen, listen to a track that had affirmations to it. And it was a hypnobirthing track. When it comes to hypnobirthing or or even tapping, it, a lot of, well, not, I would, no, I take that back. Tapping is different. But when it comes to affirmations, it's not so much the word, it's about the associations that you create with it. So I really spent time saying these affirmations in a really relaxed state so that every time I heard those words, I immediately would feel more relaxed. I don't think you can show up at your labor and just pop in a hypnobirthing or an affirmation track and suddenly believe those words. I do think there's a, an amount of training and conditioning that happens before that. And so I was able to do that and that really benefited me a lot. The other thing I did, people ask me, did you tap during labor? I did not tap during labor. I was in so much pain. There's no way that I could just stop and tap. It's just... I don't know. If you've been in labor, you don't like stop and meditate or do things like you, all you can really do is focus on your breath. That's the only thing that you have energy for. But what tapping helped me a lot with was the fear and anxiety I had going into my labor. And so I did tap every single night, um, especially the final weeks before I gave birth on any anxiety I felt, because sometimes the anticipation can be worse than the actual experience. What one of the things I think the biggest lesson that I learned from my experience, and I'll go I'll go into my labor in just a moment. But before I I was went into labor and I was asking everybody about their labor, I was really shocked to hear how many people were disappointed with their experience. It was almost like ninety percent of people I spoke to said that their labor didn't work out the way that they wanted to. And with a percentage that high, when basically everyone except I think it was like one or two people said that labor didn't go their way and they were disappointed, it made me stop and think, I think we need to look at labor differently because that is a very high statistic. And I started to realize that if I had a vision of how I wanted my labor to be and an expectation, then when things didn't go my way, it could really throw me off emotionally. And when I talk to friends and colleagues and family, 
it seems like labor never goes your way. I mean, it's very rare that the experience of labor is very straightforward. You know, it just seems like something always tends to happen. And I remember actually when I was getting married, I did the same thing of asking everybody and people shared that something always goes wrong on your wedding day, but at the end of the day, you don't remember it. Like you, you'll only focus on the good stuff. And it was true. And on my wedding day, when things, some things did not go as planned, it was easier for me to let go because I didn't have the expectation that it was meant to be perfect. And so with labor, I went into the experience the same way, not expecting it to go a certain way, but really hoping to have a vaginal birth. And I was planning to have an unmedicated birth, But I also went in saying, all right, well, if I end up getting an epidural and if I end up getting a cesarean, I promise myself that I'm not going to be upset, that what I'm going to do is value the way that I show up because I can't control the outcome and I can't control how this baby chooses to enter this world. But what I can control is how I show up within the experience. And so weeks before labor, that was my focus, was what am I going to be like in labor? How can I stay calm, even keep a bit of a sense of humor if I can? You know, how do I want to show up? And it was perfect for me because, man, if I didn't have that mindset, I think I would have suffered even more from the labor. I went into labor on the 24th, um, October 24th. I didn't have Enzo until October 26th in the morning. I was in labor for 36 hours. A majority of that was without an epidural. And then when I was eight centimeters, I was like, give me that epidural. I've been doing this for hours. I ended up projectile vomiting all over the hospital room, all over my husband who was sleeping on the couch. And luckily he had a blanket. I mean, it was intense, but I had such a great team. And although my husband was sleeping, I don't blame him. It was a very long labor. He was by my side and he was so great and so supportive. And I finally got the epidural at eight centimeters thinking, all right, I just got to make it to 10 and this baby's going to be born on the 25th. And that clock just kept ticking and I was in labor for a long time. I ended up pushing for two hours. And what happened was I had back labor, which is, I do not wish that on my worst enemy because it's basically when you have a contraction, you have a break after the contraction. When you have back labor, there is no break because when the contraction ends, you're still feeling the baby's head pushing against your back. And it's really painful. And it has to do with the position the baby is in. Now I went, I, I knew about this and I did everything to prevent back labor. I was using um, a yoga ball all the time. I was going to the chiropractor. I knew about back labor. I was very well educated and I really did everything in my power to prevent it. And it still happened. And it goes back to my lesson of just, there's certain things in life that you really can't control. You can do your best. And then the only thing that you can value is how you showed up. So it ended up being the morning of the 26th. I was, again, 36 hours and they, in two hours of pushing, and they told me I had to have a cesarean. And I really thought that I knew it was a long labor, but we were so close. I mean, Enzo was so far down. They had to push him back up in order to get him out as a cesarean, but he just would not fit. And his heart started to, um, to beat faster and it showed that he was under stress And after so long, it was time for him to come out. And so he came out as a cesarean and 
I wish I could tell you that the moment he came out, I heard angels singing and it was perfect and all was well in the world. But I was just in a complete daze from being in labor for so long. And after the cesarean, I went into these horrible shakes and my whole body was shaking. Um, Enzo and my husband went to get um, you know, Enzo went to get cleaned up after I was able to hold him. They, they were right in the hospital. But that was the beginning of a really tough start. I ended the labor feeling really proud of myself because I had the best team. I had the most amazing doula. I had a midwife who I loved. I mean, get this, this is incredible. So I was born in Argentina. I moved to the U.S. as a baby. My husband was born in Argentina and he moved to the U.S. in his 30s. And then we met and got married. Then I had the miscarriage. I conceived Enzo in Argentina. And then when I went into labor, the midwife who was on duty that night is from Argentina. So crazy connection. But I had a wonderful midwife and a really great team. And I really, as as much as I can kind of state the facts of my labor and someone can listen and go, that all sounds horrible. It was one of the most empowering experiences of my life because I had the best team and I was just so proud of myself with the way that I showed up, even though I got an epidural and even though I ended up having a cesarean, I really am so proud of myself. And I And I take that experience and I think to myself that I need to get better myself at applying that mindset to different experiences in my life because we can show up and we can do our best, but there's only so much control we have over the situation. So the more that we can value the way that we show up and how hard we work instead of only valuing the result, we're going to get a lot more pleasure out of life and moving forward and doing things again becomes so much easier. So Enzo was born and I at the hospital got a horrible cough because the the air is so dry. It happens to me when I'm traveling in hotels. I had a cough. Now remember, I had a cesarean. So I felt like I was dying because every time I coughed, I thought I was going to pull my, you know, pull my stitches out, break my stitches, rip my stitches is the word, rip my, you know, rip the incision open. And I felt like I was just choking all the time. And the doctor and the midwife came in and they just said, you have to get out of this hospital because your cough is not going to get better here. And so I was discharged from the hospital really early, especially for a cesarean. And I got home and Enzo had trouble latching. Um, Breastfeeding was incredibly difficult. He, you know, sometimes it's easy to think about labor and to think about what the mother goes through, but the baby also goes through a lot. And Enzo was in my, in the birth canal for hours and hours. And I later came to realize that it really did impact him and his ability to have strength in his jaw to breastfeed. And so those first few days I was pumping and feeding him. My husband would feed him. We put a little tube on the end of our fingers and with a syringe and we'd feed him. And at nighttime I would be pumping and my husband would be giving Enzo this syringe. And with a newborn, you're up every two hours. Someone had told me that, but I don't think I really comprehended that you feed them every two hours. And those two hours don't start from when they fall asleep. Those two hours start from when they first start feeding. So it can take you 45 minutes to feed your baby. And then, you know, in an hour and 15 minutes, you have to feed them again. So I was sleeping in 
30 minute increments with after going through such a difficult labor and major abdominal surgery. And I just thought I was dying. It was the hardest experience of my entire life. And I felt like I thought early motherhood and having this baby would just bring me so much joy. And I knew it would be difficult, but I did not know that it would be this difficult. And my mother was really my saving grace. My mom always said that she would help me when the baby came, but I didn't really know what to expect and how much she would really help. She was incredible. And I would cry to her, you know, every, every day I cried maybe three times a day for the first month. Um, I had a very hard time and I even took a, I went to the, um, back to the midwives and I had to take a, a test for postpartum. And I, and I, this test is, this is why I think it's stupid. It's not, I mean, it's an important test to take. They need to have some kind of benchmarkers, but the questions would be like, do you worry for no reason all the time? You know, do you have trouble sleeping? Do you um, have anxious thoughts all the time for no reason? And I would took the I took the test and I was like, well, I am worried, but for a reason because my baby's not eating, and I am anxious for a reason though because my baby's not eating. So you know, what is that? And I te- I actually came out with the test. It came out that I had postpartum depression, but when I sat down with the midwives, they were like, listen we see that you still have a sense of humor and that you're just having a really, really hard start and you're going to be okay. And, um, and yeah, I cried a lot and it was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And I, I want everyone to know this because I realized that I'm not alone the same way that I interviewed all these women about labor and found out that everybody, almost everyone was disappointed because it didn't go as planned. And then I realized, oh, we need to change our mindset and just value the experience and not the outcome. It's the same thing with early motherhood. The more I spoke to other people, I realized that I wasn't alone, that other people have a really hard time. And listen, if, if you I just had a baby and things are easy and, you know, smooth, then power to you. That's amazing. But I do think that's such a small percentage and it's important for people to know how difficult it is for a few reasons. One for mothers to have more compassion towards themselves and not think that anything is wrong and broken. Because in the beginning, I thought to myself, man, I thought that I would be an amazing mom. I thought that motherhood would just be this natural instinct, that it was just my nature and I would really easily fall into it. And it and it didn't. I cried to my husband and I asked him, do you think I'm a horrible mother? And he would be like, no, why would I think that? And it was because I couldn't, I was having trouble feeding him. I was getting frustrated um, and I was crying all the time. And I loved my baby, but the love that I have now, it grew. It really did grow. It wasn't instant. And I think that's important to know too, that if you look at this little um, gorgeous baby and you love them, but there's a part of you that's like, oh my God, what have I done? That is normal. And it's been it's been great because I have a lot of friends who are pregnant or are having babies. And I've I've since been able to kind of coach them through those first early days. And I think the best thing that you can say to a new mom is, I know it's hard. I'm here for you. Not trying to fix it or pretend it doesn't exist, but just acknowledge how difficult it is and praise them for showing up and doing the job that they're doing. 
The other reason it's important to remember and to know how hard it is, is that as a society, we need to be better about supporting moms. You know, we get so excited with this new baby and we're all about the baby, which we should. It's this new life. I get it. Like, I love babies. But we have to not forget about the mother and that she has gone through something incredible, that she has an incredible responsibility, that she's not sleeping and bring her food. You know, go to her house, stay 40 minutes, bring a lot of food and do her dishes and do the laundry. I mean, we were supposed to have babies in a community. And I think about my mother and I, again, I didn't go in with any expectations. I didn't know how much she'd be willing to help. I can tell you now that she was here every day and she saved my life and and my husband too. I mean, we were so sleep deprived that the first time we had to go to the pediatrician, my mother had to drive us because we were both scared to go behind the wheel because we had just not slept at all. And so with that, through time, it took me three weeks to be able to breastfeed and not go through the whole pumping and bottle and syringe. And I worked with five different lactation consultants. I just kept calling different people. I finally found one woman Her name's Freda. I don't remember her last name, but I'm going to put the information in the notes. She is like the best of the best. The New York Times calls her the breast whisperer. And a friend recommended her to me. We did it over Skype. It wasn't that expensive when when you consider, you know, what the value. And she helped me. Um, I worked on Enzo. I did to build, I worked with him to build his strength. And he finally was able to start to breastfeed. And then things started to get a little bit easier, but we've still had uh, sleep regression and um, we had reflux and he's had allergies. And right now I'm on a very strict diet of no gluten, no dairy, no soy, no corn, no eggs, because um, he is just very sensitive. And when I eat those foods and I breastfeed him, he tends to spit up. And especially if I have eggs, he just breaks out into a rash. So it's been challenging. I've been speaking to different doctors and there's certain things that I'm implementing now in order to help him so that hopefully these allergies subside or they aren't as severe as he gets older, but he's doing so much better and he is just a joy. Now, let me tell you quickly about Enzo. He just, I don't even know how to explain it. He's the smiliest baby I have ever met Um, and he's just loves people. He loves being around people and he's just has such a nice temperament, um, and such a nice personality, which is hard when he's suffering from reflux and allergies. Cause there's times when I've seen that he really wants to be happy, that he'll give me a smile before going into a frown because something's hurting him. So luckily now he's seven months and I feel like we're past the worst of it. He's really thriving now. He's doing so much better. Um, and he's he's happy. It's not always easy. I'm still trying to figure out this work-life balance, which is why these podcasts are going to be very inconsistent. And I hope that when you get an alert that there's a new show that you still tune in, even if it's been three weeks, um, I'm trying my best to do one every other week. But I'm just finding my balance with motherhood. And I think the best advice that I've heard from my friends is that you have to take it slow. Kate Northrup, I'm going to have her on the podcast soon. 
She wrote a book called Do Less, which I really enjoyed. And I really have enjoyed her work in talking to her about uh, navigating early motherhood and really what to expect. So that's my story, guys. A little bit about my birth, a little bit about early motherhood. And I hope, I'm, I'm curious what you took away from this. And I'd love for you to reach out and to, and to share with me if you're, even if it's your own story, if maybe you had a similar experience, I would love to hear it. But the biggest takeaway that I've had from my labor is that I have to stop valuing the outcome and start valuing how I show up. Because if I just value that I'm showing up and I'm doing my best, then it's so much easier to keep going. And there's so much more joy in life. And it's important to remember that early motherhood is hard for mostly everybody. And for those that we know that are moms of babies as a community, we can do better to support them, to be um, compassionate to them, to, uh, you know, to help them with little things, even if it's just doing their laundry or washing their dishes or bringing over food or taking their um, older child out so they can just be with their baby. Let's do our best to begin to do those things. And it, it feels good to help. And you're never going to have someone who's as grateful to you as a new mom who you're supporting because it is very, very difficult. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This was a quick show, a quick share, but I'll be back doing more interviews. Let me know if you like the show format of me sharing. I don't know. I mean, I'm not having another baby anytime soon, but I... um I'll definitely think about coming on to maybe do some more tapping content and to share any other life events that I think can support you. Cause that's the whole goal about adventures and happiness. You know, happiness isn't a destination. It is an adventure. It's not perfect. It's not all the time, but we can uh, navigate life and make it fun and experience more happiness. Guys, thanks so much for being with me until next time. I'm sending you much love. Take care.